Ruth chapter 1 verse 16, but Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Your God shall be my God. I thought a Moabite would have questioned Naomi's God. I mean, I would have expected her to ask questions such as, Where was God when all these bad and terrible things happened to you? Rather, Ruth insisted and reserved in her heart that Naomi's God will be her God no matter what. And God had it. Friends, God had it. Dearly beloved, now the resolution of the couple to follow the true and living God is the strongest pillar for a successful marriage. To be clear, marriage is a spiritual thing. It is a mystery that will only be fully revealed and understood in the by and by. Yes, dearly beloved, marriage is spiritual and the full potential thereof cannot be fully assessed if it is handled carnally or naturally. So I will say the following three key points by the Spirit of God this morning. Number one, marriage must be approached spiritually. Yes, a successful marriage starts with the right foundation. The foundation of your marriage must be laid on Christ. Yes. Your choice of your life partner must be based on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Trusting Him with all your heart and waiting on Him to guide and direct you according to His will. And many people have missed this essential and critical foundational step. Yes. Psalm 11 verse 3 says, If the foundation was destroyed, what can the righteous do? I have an idea. Yes. The righteous can connect with the righteous God and seek Him to relay the foundation of their marriage, the foundations of their home. And you might need to sit with your spouse, sit with one another, and acknowledge the challenges at the foundational level of your home. Some people's marriages built on the foundation of deception, lie, hypocrisy, cheating, all manner of rebellion. It can't produce anything better than its foundation if it is not addressed. So you need to sit and ask the Lord, to cry to the Lord, to relay, to rebuild, to reconstruct, or even revive that which has been wrongly laid. He is a wise master builder. And the chief cornerstone at the same time. If you so do, my dear friends, then you both can look at each other in the eye and say, Hey, darling, your God is my God. And that will certainly redefine your entire marital life. Secondly, God, His word must prevail. God's word must prevail. Two people committing to the fact that God will be their God means submitting to the authority of God's word and wholly living according to the pattern and principles of the scripture. It means spending time with God so as to be nurtured and enabled to grow together in his grace. A couple operating at very different spiritual frequency will always create a problem for themselves in marriage. No doubt. I mean, no doubt. 
John Wesley is parting word to his wife Molly when he left for a ministry tour in Ireland in 1758 was, I hope I see your wicked face no more. Wow! Great a servant of God he was, the founder of Methodist, but his marriage was a living hell. Yes, it was. You can take out time to read about this. Friends, married couples must commit to the, to, the, to the living word of God. They must commit to live by the word of God. And you know, the pattern for a godly marriage is clearly described in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And the core message there is, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself. For her. wow, wow, wow! Can a man truly love his wife as Christ loves the church? Can a man die for a sinful, adulterous, and wicked wife? For a for a good one, at least I can possibly try. But for an adulterous one, is that possible? Just like Jesus did for you and I. Do you, as a man, truly love your wife? as your own body? <laughs> uh, these are critical questions, my friend. A man once bragged about buying an expensive car for his wife as a birthday gift, but so disappointing it was to see that all the relevant car documents were in his own name. <laughs> were in his own name. And when I probed him a bit further, he indicted himself by saying he deliberately used his full name just in case a divorce happens in the future. Friends, is that the love of Christ? I cannot be convinced. Yes, the patterns for living and building is in scripture. We just love to follow the ways of the world. That's the problem with the church and the problem with many Christians today. We don't want to follow scriptures. Now look at the amazing model for a successful home, well presented. I mean, clearly laid out in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3. And I read it specifically, I want to quote and read it. It says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the man is the head of the woman. This is scripture. Check it for yourself in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3. And God is the head of Christ. Now, marriage, no matter how nice, loses its spiritual relevance if it does not follow this divinely laid down spiritual pattern. It can never be more spiritual than this. Never. Now let's do the reverse engineering. God, Christ, the man, and the woman. Now simply note that the man in a marriage has no head of his own. Such a man by reason of his commitment to this scripture, has taken on the identity of Christ. Yes, for a man with two heads is a monster. So the scripture said very clearly that the head of the man is Christ. The head of the man is Christ. So such man, such husband, seeks to implement the agenda of Christ. For he derives his identity, his wisdom, his vision, his perception from Christ. His mind is no longer his mind, but he has taken on the mind of Christ. To such a man, 
Christ has become unto him wisdom, as written in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Such a man whom Christ is, is Lord, indeed becomes the head of the woman. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, admonish wives to submit to her husband as to the Lord. Note the word, as to the Lord. So the way you submit to the Lord is the same way you ought to submit to your own husband. And verse 23 again says, Husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Double emphasis. Many men struggle to enforce themselves as the head. And this is a very classical error. Christ never enforces himself on anyone. Even the offer of salvation that he died for is a choice. If Christ is your identity, you must follow his pattern. A lot of women struggle with submission in our generation. Yes, yes, my dear. <laughs> submission for you is a spiritual protocol to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And that is why when you look at a man whose head is Christ, you no longer see your man. You, see, you, you don't see your husband. You see Christ on his body. Hallelujah. And you submit yourself to Christ. So the James, the John, or the Wesley you married is no longer visible to you. For it's no longer him that liveth, but Christ lives in him. So you see Christ. And all you do to him must be done as unto the Lord. Oh yes, as unto the Lord. So stop struggling with it. It is a spiritual protocol that cannot be reversed. Now, what about those whose husbands have died? Psalm 68 verse 5, Jeremiah 49 verse 11, and Proverbs 15 verse 12 makes it clear that God takes that place. He is the father of the fatherless and the protector of the widow. So there's been no time where God leaves a woman to herself. Amen. Thirdly, the fruit of the Spirit must be tasted. The fruit of the Spirit is not just a mysterious thing. Oh no, it is practical. And it must be tasted by your spouse. If your spouse cannot be nourished by the fruit of the Spirit in your life, then you don't have it. Your spouse must be the first partaker of it no matter what. And I will just highlight just three of them. Number one, love. Love not only in words, but in deed. I love you, I love you. Some say I love you, I love you, I love you. A thousand times a day. But it does not go beyond words. Love is practical. Love is visible. Your children, your family, your friends, your neighbors should see the deep love you have for one another. Did they not see of Jesus concerning Lazarus in John chapter 11 verse 36? See how he loved him. See how he loved him. The love Isaac had for his wife was very visible. It was visible. The people, the Philistines spoke of it. So when last did you buy your spouse a gift? When last did you drop a note, a text? When did you go on a date together, a long walk together? When you are spiritually connected with God, to love will not be difficult. To forgive will not be hard. To overlook will not be a challenge. You need to forgive so that you can enjoy your home again. For some people listening to me right now. Yes. And you know what about love? Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is easily entreated. Love does not seek its own. Wow. Wow. Do you have this godly love trait? Number two. Communicate. Communication. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Go and read it. 
commit yourself to God and vow never to speak any negative word, unhealthy or unwholesome words to your spouse in any way ever again. What a seed that defines our reality in the process of time. Your word has power. It can minister grace to the hearer and it can drain grace from the hearer. Let your word impact life, grace, strength and wisdom to your hearer. Let your spouse be blessed. Let your kind and graceful word move your spouse to a realm of joy, peace and rest. Yes, it's possible you can do it. Speak words of grace, words of love. Bless her, bless him in the morning. Trust God to communicate by the Spirit. And lastly, lastly, vow never to entertain jealousy and selfish ambition even in the slightest format in your home. James chapter 3 verse 16 says, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Many people have unknowingly invited evil spirit and satanic operations into their homes. As a result, their own children have been under intense attack of the enemy. Disorder, evil works in their home. Their selfish ambition, their competitive jealousy has opened the door to all manner of disorder and evil of every kind. Today, I challenge you in the name of Jesus to shut the door against the enemy and agree with each other in the presence of the Holy Spirit to commit to each other saying, Your God, the true living and holy God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, shall be my God from today and forevermore. And somebody say, Amen.